Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And since it's Tuesday, let's welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina for this week's Tuesday Report. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning to you, Noreen Mayer. How are you on this sunny day? I'm fine, thank you. Just just choked a little bit on my spit. Oh. <coughs> Pardon me. Oh. Oh. Okay, that's that's never very good. Just while Noreen clears her throat, <laughs> um, I'll uh, I'll say that it's a uh, it's a Tuesday report from me this week because it alternates between that and art. And I can see right now on Noreen's uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three Facebook page, there are some relevant pictures to what we're going to be talking about. That's right. Some of them are pretty artistic, though. So, which one do you want to start off with? Well, okay, we'll start off with um, the. Uh, the happy little figurines there, I think, um, which is uh, it, 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 it's a brief idea that uh, that Mickey D's, I won't say the real name, but uh, but I think that listeners might guess which <laughs> massive global fast food chain that could refer to. Isn't it's that the real back. name? That's how we refer to it. <laughs> yeah, it's a slang name, really, isn't it? It's, it's bringing back, for the second year running, in America, adult Happy Meals. And these are nostalgic... Uh, packages that come with a little toy because um, as some of our listeners may know if you've been in Hong Kong for a while that um, in the, I think it was in the 90s maybe the late 90s or the second half of the 90s that they took that they started in Hong Kong and they were really in demand and they became collectible things this has happened all over the world like the and, Hello um, Kitty one like my mum yeah. has the full set Snoopy. yeah exactly yeah. And, and people there just want to buy it off her and, and she's just like well you know I, I just want the full set I'm not collecting it well, I was like mum you sound like a collector and she's like yes uh, maybe I am I just want the full set yeah, she said yeah. yeah nothing serious just I must have the full set so it's a yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I think a lot of people who went through um, maybe the, the, nine, the, the 90s in Hong Kong, not sure if it was slightly different time frames elsewhere, um, but, but what the company is doing in the US is launching for the second year this month a set, because last year they did it and these things sold out. Um, it was um, to give people a sense of nostalgia who may have enjoyed those things in their younger years. And it... Uh, you know, it brings out that kind of um, memory of the excitement that they might have had as children. And so the um, last year, they were really, um, they, they, they collaborated with some trendy designer in America and made the figurines of some of their most famous characters, uh, but with a slight difference. More eyes on them, four eyes instead of two. I've uh, I passed on this picture, which I see you've posted, Noreen. That was from last year. So collaborations with fashion designers and uh, trendy, big kind of social media influencer types is what they're after. And the, from last year, the, um, uh, they sold out immediately of these four-eyed uh, versions of some of their best-known characters. And some of them now for the whole set is uh, going for 30,000 US dollars on eBay. 30,000 USDs. So that's, um, you know, these, these things have become within a year um, worth a fortune. So it's um, uh, the, the, uh, the kind of collectability and ridiculous amounts that they're worth aside. This year, they've, they've teamed up with a DJ from America who is also a, a designer and has a streetwear collection. His name is Kerwin Frost, and I hadn't heard of him, I've got to confess. But, uh, but this is the person they've chosen. And they're once again going to uh, launch this in, uh, well, next week in America, um, and they will do special meals, 
six meals with um, uh, in, in a special box that's been designed by the designer DJ as well with different figurines once again. So I'm sure I won't bother reporting on this again, but I'm sure that uh, that, um, that there will be reports later about how much these are worth. If we if we if we return yeah. to this, next we heard year, it on brunch first from Andrew Dembini. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I mean, yeah. they are well, pretty good. I mean, I I like the fact that Mickey D's does toys because I think for some family, well, I, I, certainly back in the day for some families from poor yeah. income families, it was just a great way for children to get toys. Um, exactly. And then I, I think in recent years, they've been giving out books as well. I know we certainly have a, you mm. can choose between a toy or a book. So we've been getting yeah. some books or, or, or some toys. And, and I remember mm. for a while, uh, McDonald toys were like the only kind of toys I was getting. You know, yeah, we didn't get. I, I, I think, didn't get toys for my birthday or for Christmas. We we just got, I don't know, a, a cake or yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, yes. it toughens you up, Laurie. <laughs> it certainly it's, uh, does. It's it, it's it's. Um, I think that that was part of the idea originally was that uh, there would be. Um, something that came with a set meal, everything everything was therefore made very affordable, and that they felt like it was a way, of course they're a business, and so they were attracting people to go there in order to get a toy with their meal, um, mm. to get to get more sales for the food. But, but, it's, um, but I think that the fact that they were highly affordable, like you just described for, for yourself and, and, and mentioned about others, made it originally a very nice um, idea, although, yeah, it's sales-related, undeniably and, and obviously, but, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's then amazing that these adult ones are now worth a fortune on eBay, as, as are, I'm sure, the original toys from uh, the first round back decades ago, yeah? Must be. Um, right, moving on to something else of a kind of visually interesting nature, and I sent you a picture uh, by the prolific secret UK uh, street artist who's known as Banksy and people debate over who this person really is. Some say they know every now and then over the decades that he's been doing art either in public places or sometimes, to be honest, in recent years, he also appears in things like Art Basel and different art fairs. He does have works. His management team uh, do have pieces in very high-priced galleries now around the world, New York, London, uh, and other places in Asia as well. He's collected. So he went from being this kind of renegade street doing sort of illegal graffiti to being commissioned to do graffiti. I think he still does some that he's not asked to do, to be honest. But but um, the rumour is, and why am I mentioning arty stuff when I said it's a Tuesday, mm-hmm. is that he is um, renovating... This is a rumour from the, from the place itself that he's renovating a pub near one of the UK's biggest music festival sites. It's in the southwest of England, and uh, it is, uh, this is according to Somerset Media. So Somerset is the part of England where, according to media there, he is allegedly one of the owners of the Crown Pub, a 17th-century pub in a tiny village of Pilton, just outside of Somerset, in the southwest, which say is, Somerset uh, in, in the Somerset accent. Let me think. Let me see if it it's the one I have in mind. Somerset. Yes, that's one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How how would you go? No, no, I can't do. You know, I'm terrible <laughs> with accents. But you know, okay. I'm not so familiar. I'm not so familiar with the geography sometimes of different places yeah. in the UK. But I definitely remember when people say do the Birmingham accent, the Somerset accent, or um, you know, uh, Liverpool. So I was just wondering if it's the same place I had in mind based on the. the I, 
the way you said oh, that, that. that. Yeah. Okay, that sounded <laughs> that a bit, makes a bit sense. familiar. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, and he, he. I mean, that's so. It's so. It's not too far from uh, Glastonbury, uh, which yeah. is the festival I was referring to. And it's not that that's got anything to do with it, but he's become a partner, according only to reports, which uh, which some people are questioning whether he owns this. A, ha- a handful of residents are convinced that they uh, that they were told that the artist is among a group of people who have paid over £1 million. Uh, so I guess that's about um, currently about, about 10, 10 million, million. HKDs. Yeah, yeah for, a, for a historic pub, which doesn't sound like that much when you think about, uh, you know, flat prices here. Um, but it, but, it, but it, nevertheless, it was in disrepair, so it's had been given a very, or has gone and going through still, a very, very extensive renovation. So he, the artist, and his uh, publicity arm has not conver- confirmed his, uh, his involvement in it. So it remains it's one, as elusive as his identity as to whether or not he is in there. But as it's been reported in UK uh, media, I thought I would just uh, pass that on as a little bit of crossover interest between art and food and drink. And the picture that I've sent Noreen, if you're unable or haven't seen it on her Facebook page, is um, he's, he's done many things of someone um, sort of throwing... Uh, throwing something uh, or about to throw something across the air and um, sometimes it's been flowers uh, this time it's a pint of beer which is a real which is a real artwork of his of which there are prints made and sold in galleries on paper that people can frame uh, for their walls it's funny how people um, do go from being sort of you know rebellious in their nature of uh, uh, of art or or, or music into uh, it's not surprising though you know as people age they become less rebellious I suppose what do you think Laurie? Um, I don't really know what do you yeah. yeah I think so I think so it's like people like musicians who were seen as being very groundbreaking and so on become you know they become more mellow it's just something with age I think <laughs> and so he so he has he's got he's kind of I think he, I can't imagine when he started when there was all of the kind of focus on him in the art world that he would then allow himself to be at art basel and places which are which are great uh you know for his profile yeah yeah it is it is but it's very far away from uh, i think what he intended he to, to do, do yeah. you know but that's but that's but that's his own for artistic you. integrity I, I don't know yeah 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 but you know People change their minds, don't they? Sure so, thing. Um, yeah, uh, mo- moving on to um, the, the, the last report that I wanted to mention, and the lengthiest, so we'll see how we do, and I will keep my eye on the time. Um, it's from Asia. Uh, uh, it's from an Asian, one of the top uh, Asian news agencies, the Nikkei news agency based in Tokyo. But it's a, but it's a report, actually, on both the state of um, plant-based meat, starting with America and then looking to Asia for its development because we've spoken many times but not for a very long time about the plant-based meat sector. Uh, I can't believe by the way that it's seven years ago that all of this kicked off. I mean in some ways so much has happened in the world that uh, that it maybe it does seem like that but on the other hand it just seems like just a few years ago mm. um, that, that, that the um, you know that the big American companies um, I, I'll have to mention them for the sake of this report which is uh, impossible foods they started it all off from California um, and they they started in uh, what is uh, now or has been for quite some time the world's biggest 
um, buyer of plant-based meat, not just the burgers that are made by Impossible and Beyond and all of these other companies that followed on after the first one, which is Impossible, um, to make things for fast food, that's burgers, but also to make mock meats in a way that we'll have been sort of familiar with in Hong Kong for, for many decades. Um, although the mock meats here traditionally in Cantonese foods, which are much sweeter, don't always have the same texture. Some of them do, and I think they've got better and better. We've talked about this many times, about the pros and cons of uh, bean protein and the way it's made and how nutritious it really is. But for whatever reason, this study by Nikkei News Agency in Japan, released a few days ago, um, has said that um, the, uh, the uh, transformation that was, that was projected for plant-based meat to take on the, uh, the the real meat industry. I've got I've got an interesting figure here, by the way, that the global in, annual meat spend by consumers is $897 billion US dollars. That's <sighs> over $7 trillion Hong Kong dollars. That's on meat. Maybe that's not surprising um, because it's... I had to um, do the Chinese wow. wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just huge, phenomenal figures. But, you know... With that in mind, Aren't all of more these... more and more people sort of, you know, being vegans or vegetarian... Well, I, I don't know, Or thing. maybe they're part-time that and then still eat meat on the side. But that's the thing. And again, we have discussed this before. And I, uh, you know, me and my family have sometimes got in these big brands uh, because, um, you know, there weren't when it first started, which I suppose does now. I'm thinking about it seemed like 17-7 or, you know, or in Hong Kong five years when they started really flooding in yeah. to uh, to top yeah. end supermarkets um that they they're expensive here of course because we've got all of the freight like anything that's imported but but we did try them a lot and liked them a lot as a as a as a, as, as carnivores in our in my family to have that break that you just said the point the thing is though that people have seemed to have got a bit tired of doing that in america anyway where the where the study uh, started off and uh, the sales are hitting um, uh, far lower figures than they did originally. In 2021, um, sales were um, 1.4 billion US dollars. Um, uh, that was um, nearly 11 billion dollars um, in um, uh, globally. That is for for uh, for plant-based uh, meat coming out of uh, mostly America. Um, but um, the, the, their sales, though, have started getting bigger and bigger in Europe, Latin America, and now Asia because of the slowdown in the U.S. They've seen a, uh, a big, big decline in what people are buying over there. They're just not interested anymore. They, uh, they don't. Been, there have been a lot of reports, like we've discussed previously, about some of the um, chemicals that are used in them and some big fast food, fast food chains which were expected to uh, to take them up big time, which they did for a while in America, mm. have now let go some of these partnerships with some of the brands that are producing it. So people are looking elsewhere, and Asia has become uh, one of the markets that they are really looking at when it comes to exporting. I mean, when I say um, uh, Asia, we, as I said, we, we've been seeing it here for a long time, but maybe some of the smaller places, Southeast Asia, um, and Japan has been taking up more orders. So the export is getting, uh, um, you know, much larger in this part of the world. And there is, is a growth, a big growth, 
in the very specific um, small niche industries of making alternative meat, mostly plant-based, in Asia for its own domestic consumption or regional consumption. And a picture that I've sent you is a great case in point. It's called Green Rebel Foods. It's near Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia, and they are making products that really do sit well and react well to types of Indonesian cooking. Um, beef rendang, one of the um, one of the big dishes in Indonesia. Um, they, that this was one of the the first targets for Green Rebel Foods to make. And apparently, I've not tried it. Um, I don't even know if it's available in Hong Kong. Um, it is. Um, it has a flaky texture that is very much. That is what they've been aiming to produce. That is very much like a slow cooked beef. You know beef rendang, don't you, Noreen? One of my favourites. We, yeah, we, we had it last time, didn't, didn't yeah. we, for lunch? Yeah, at that yeah, restaurant, yeah. Lok Fu. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. with the pandan yeah. rice, the green rice. Exactly. That was cool. Very good indeed it was too. But that was the... that was. I, I wonder how close oh, that texture yeah. gets. It's, um, and, and, and in other places um, in Southeast Asia, so in Thailand, there's a company called Meat Zero, which also tries to go for meats that would most complement green and red curries and also grilled Thai meats, uh, which is doing pretty well. In Japan, um, there, there is one that goes for, um, you know, to, for things that work well. But, but Umami United, which is a, uh, a, a, one of the bigger but still very small scale compared to the American giants, um, producer plant-based food, it uses um, uh, food tech to try and produce um, egg for people who really are not eating, uh, you know, egg in their diet. So people are going for totally different targets in Asia. In, in Hong Kong um, and Taiwan, things are also produced to emulate pork. Have you ever tried the Omni Pork brand, which is, uh, which is a, yes. a Hong Kong brand? Yes, yeah. yes, I, I have tried. Yeah, it tastes really yeah, tasty. I mean, if, if you cook it with enough sauce or, or something. But oh, I remember... Yeah. Like Yuhan Kedzi, your top dish, you know, yeah, the eggplant, yeah. that yeah. it tastes similar. But I remember we talked about this, how healthy are, you know, meat-based yeah, plants ages ago. And I remember um, I read an article in Bon Appetit, you know, that magazine that you mm. also talk about on the program, yeah. that it actually yeah. con um, contains roughly, I mean, it's high in protein, we, we, we know that, which is good, but it also contains mm. roughly the same amount of saturated fat, but more sodium than regular meat. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually, uh, I mean, there are some benefits, but then there are also some, definitely some cons to some of yeah, these really true. processed meat. Well, yeah, non -meat. I've seen this. I've seen this addressed by uh, by some um, Asian-made uh, mock meat that are that are in in packaging now in Hong Kong, which are, uh, I mean, that are available not just stuff that's made here, but from elsewhere around the region. I think they're addressing that, which is good because it's something that's been mentioned a lot. It can't be ignored, especially as more sodium is used for soy, with soy sauce and other seasonings that are used on top of that. So I think it needs to be. Uh, and, and nutrition, apparently, according to analysts in this article from, uh, you know, from Nikkei in Japan, um, says that in Asia, it, it, it's less the environmental benefits, which, are, which has been part of the driver in, uh, in the US and a little bit in Europe about uh, deforestation um, through grazing cattle. So it's not purely, there's the ethical that something is alive, it's slaughtered. There's the clearing of 
forest, um, you know, which is affecting climate change. Um, I, I suppose also keeping there's also the methane going into going into the air, which is you know global warming um, uh, sort of inducing as well. So there are all these different reasons, but um, but it's um, but but actually it seems to be that people in Asia, um, despite what we're saying about sodium, are t- are more interested the um, the angle for um, for the companies is nutrition mm. rather than environmentally um, you know being environmentally friendly as the big sort of shout so that's according to um, to research firm Euromonitor International which has been analyzing both uh, Asia and Europe and North America so um, yeah it's, it's all about health concerns so I guess that some of these producers are are sort of, you know, they're not only going easy on the sodium, but also trying to use natural seasoning if they do want to get into that nutritional interest in this part of the world. Also, just before we go, um, social media and peer pressure or social pressure because your friends are doing it is a big thing in Asia. It's been noticed about mock, the new types of mock meat because it seems to be on trend and influencers are loving it. Well said. Right. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. Spot on. And I'll chat to you again next week. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Noreen. Bye now. Bye now. And a quick look at the weather forecast for today. It'll